Washington. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Executive Talk. Those are here live with us in our studio audience. Thank you for being here. And also those who are watching on Facebook Live or will be watching the show later. Thank you guys for joining us. In today's show, we're finishing up the last uh, talk in our series, The Spiritual Journey to Fame. Now, I know what you're thinking. As a business owner, part of, part of our wants, and for a lot of us, part of our wants in business is to become famous. And, that, you know, famous, being famous is almost kind of a personal thing that a lot of us want. And business ownership is just an opportunity to get to that potential fame. Now, what we're talking about today is actually jumping to fame too soon, jumping to fame without God. And so we're going to address that in today's show is titled The Spiritual Journey to Fame, The Journey Back. Because last week we actually determined and spoke about the manifestation and what it looks like without. But we're going to talk about how do we get back and do it the right way. So go ahead and join me in this. And the scripture that we're alluding to is Genesis 12, 2 through 3. And it reads, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Okay, so there's a lot there. This is one of God's promises. So part of, part of this promise, and I'll, I'll explain to you how this promise shows up in our business, in business today and what it looks like, but this is God's promise. The promise includes, and we have to understand, it, it includes the end result. It includes protection. Because he says along the journey, People are going to be upset with you. People are going to curse you. But I will curse those who curse you. I will deal with those. You just focus on my blessing. So there's protection there. And there's a covenant. There's as part of his promise. Now, these covenants, this promise only comes through faith and obedience. That's the trick. It doesn't come, is it, it doesn't come through sight. It comes through faith and obedience. That's how God's promises are always accessed, through faith and obedience. And the challenge is with us as people, if we don't trust in the Lord, well, we tend to actually just jump and say, well, let me just go ahead and get the promise anyway. Our hearts are meant to actually lean towards God's promise. No matter if you're a believer or not, this is how our hearts operate. The enemy's vision for your business, we have to actually look at it from all angles. You guys, remember, you guys remember the fall. You guys are aware of the fall in the Bible in Genesis. Well, there is, there is the fig leaves. There is shame because of the disobedience. Since that disobedience, since that time, that big question mark has a lot to do with our lifetime. If, we are unsure, if we're unsure as to where our authority is supposed to go and where our authority is supposed to go to, this, is, this, this question mark is a big issue. This fig leaf becomes our protection because we don't know. We don't want people to know that we don't know where our authority is supposed to go. So what we do is we jump towards industry promises for your business. And what is the industry promise? So industry promise is when you actually go to an industry, for example, the ice cream business. There's a promise there that within the ice cream business, it's a billion, it's a trillion dollar business, whatever the number is. That's the industry promise. So what the industry promise does is, is allows you to not walk by faith. You can walk by sight because the industry promise tells you the number that you could potentially get, that you can potentially access. So, again, he wants you to access this promise without having to go through, through the scriptures to actually get there. 
And then so that way you're living your business and living everything that you're doing by sight. Because again, your heart is still pointing towards a promise. And we have to pay attention to that difference by sight. Are we supposed to live life by sight? You have to ask, the, you have to ask yourself that question. And you know the answer is no. We're, supposed to walk, we're only justified in this world through faith and obedience. So we really have to pay attention to that. This is why it's the enemy's vision for your business is to do whatever you do in life. So that way you can live by sight. It makes the enemy happy. Because remember, the fall, we only, got, we only got tricked because it was by appearances. And once we started doing everything in, in appearances, everything else falls from there. The manifestation. This is very important. This is what we alluded to in the last conversation. So please check out the last show. When we're talking about the manifestation, when you are unsure as to where your authority is supposed to land, and we're looking at this very, very uh, far left here, this is where it all starts. The more and more, and so you, when you think about a person's resume, when you look at your resume and you see all those jobs and trying to figure out, you know, maybe that person has two, two pages worth of jobs, that person is typically looking for where their authority is supposed to land. So what they're looking for, if they can't find out what they're supposed to do, they're going to look out for the best opportunity. So again, when it comes to this, you start making a decision on your authority. Say, you know what, I'm supposed to be in this, I'm going to choose this business, this is where I'm going to put my authority since I don't really know where exactly I'm supposed to put it. What happens is, as soon as you start to start make money, something happens to people. Once you start making money, you're like, you know what, I guess I am pretty good at this. Maybe I landed on my authority. This is where I'm supposed to do. So then this is where decisions, multiple decisions start to get made. You start to have a house. Okay? You get a husband and wife. You have kids. You have a couple of cars. You have a couple of houses. You have a lot of vacations throughout the year. You're just living life. Everything is seemingly pretty good. But what's wrong with this photo? Let's think about it for a minute. The more and more you manifest without this resolved, this, these things are, these things, we look at them as necessary items. We can say, I need two houses. <laughs> I can say, I need three cars. I can justify anything, me being a human. But the Lord is looking at this whole scenario like, I see what the issue is over here. This is incomplete. So everything that you manifested from over here, did I ordain it? Did I want you to actually do that? And typically the answer is 100% no. I didn't ask you to do all that. Now, I'm going to bring this scripture up. I want you guys to really pay attention because this is, this is something that we need to understand about, about God. <clears throat> Exodus 20, 3 through 6. And remember, this is after the fall. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on, on the earth, beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship or serve them. The Lord looks at these items, the more and more stuff that you receive, these become your worship. You start to, he sees these as idols. And if the Lord is seeing these as idols, we have to actually look at life through the way that the Lord sees our lives. If he sees as, these as idols, that means everything that we're doing outside of this manifestation 
in the things that we purchase is off, is off balance. Repentance. Now, repentance is a tug of war. It's a tug of war between your flesh and your spirit. And it's the it's most challenging thing. Because once, you're, once your flesh gets used to a lifestyle, it is very, it's extremely hard to actually remove yourself from that lifestyle. This is why this is so dangerous up here. That's why it's so dangerous to not know where your authority lands and you start building upon that place. Because there's a tug of war. If you had a million dollars in your bank account right now and the Lord said, take that away. What would you do? What would you do to that? Yeah, it would be hard. But first of all, you would say, no, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Um, Something's wrong with me. I must be having a long day. You know what? I had too much water. That's what's wrong with me. So, no, I never heard that. But that's that's that tug of war. These things start to get to it. Your lifestyle can get become your attachment. That's how you know it's an idol. When you have a tug of war with something and you're trying to let go and all you do is think about that thing, that is your flesh calling you back to that lifestyle. That's why the enemy wants you to manifest quickly and just keep on developing because that's more and more stuff that your flesh, it'll, it'll, he wants part of the conversation when it comes to repentance. Because this is two different directions your heart is looking to go. Your way, you're choosing sight. Because in sight, you can control the circumstances from what we think we can control the circumstances. You can see everything. You know you have enough in your bank account. You know you have a good business. Everybody around me loves me because I'm a good business owner. Uh, my family now respects me. You're, you're solved life. You, you solve life. So everything in, in your life, it, you're choosing sight because you want to make sure you're living life through appearances. You don't trust the Lord in this scenario. This is you choosing your own way, your own lifestyle, and your own direction. So there's no reason for you to trust the Lord if you're operating in your own, own direction. You're making your own choices. Now, People can say, well, you know, I go to church every week. You know, I'm reading my Bible. Well, is there a manipulation of the words that are being written in, the, in that Bible? Are you taking what's being said at church and actually applying it? Because it's actually the application that means everything when it comes to the Bible. Are you choosing life or are you choosing death by doing your way? And let's think about it in Genesis. Were, was man built first or was, did, did God create the earth first? He created the earth first. He made everything all available first. So that way you didn't have to have any part in that creation. You just, you, you were born, he was there, Adam and Eve, and they just thought it was beautiful. So he didn't need man's help. So anytime we start to actually create, become the creator, we're choosing death. Now the Lord's vision for your life because a lot of us say, you know, I know that the Lord has a plan for my life. He absolutely does. But it's part of choosing his way in order to see that plan come true. Now, it requires, in order to operate in the Lord's vision, it requires faith. It requires not to live life by sight. That means you're spirit, spiritual led. You're choosing life because he's a life giver. Now you trust the Lord, and most importantly, the Lord actually trusts you. 
And that's the weird thing about us is that we keep on asking the Lord, do we, should we trust him? Should we trust him? Well, he's the creator. How, how, how is it that we're not trusting the creator? He's already finished. He's already did everything from the start to the beginning. It's about can he trust us? Because that scripture, Genesis 12, 2, there is a huge responsibility that's attached to it. And Lord's vision is for you ultimately to operate in your authority and your spiritual assignment. And that's what we need to focus on when it comes to that scripture. <clears throat> Think about it. The manifestation, this is where it becomes extremely important, is that if we're starting to manifest, he's going to focus on these things. Genesis 6, 5, remember this. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of, hum of the human race had become on earth, and that every inclination, inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at the time. If you guys remember that part in Genesis, this is after the fall. This is when we're, when we're operating from this opportunity right here. See, all the things we just want, 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 want. The flesh has no boundaries. It just keeps on wanting. Now, I want you guys to understand, this has everything to do about your business. So we got to really pay attention to this. Now, the journey back. Okay, the journey back starts from the manifestation way over here at the fig leaves and comes right back here. The journey back always, always requires healing. Healing it becomes a, such a, when you think about healing, and the way that we think about healing, healing is, oh, I have a cold. I just need to get healed from that. Oh, I just have this little thing. The healing from the flesh is what you're actually trying to get healing from. And you have no idea how much stuff the flesh actually needs to be, needs to be retrained. It requires you to face the truth. There's no way you can come back to this particular place and not face the truth. You need to be able to look at the Bible. The Father needs to be able to point to a scripture and needs to be able to point the way that he sees you out. And you need to be able to be in a place of acceptance of that in order to start that journey back. You need to address your fig leaf. And what that means, what that means is that, <laughs> what that means is as far as addressing your fig leaf, you need to address what's, what's your pain. What are you scared of? And it takes faith to actually constantly go down that pathway in order to actually deal with that. You need to be able to trust the Lord's commands. If the Lord says get rid of it, you have to be willing to get rid of it in order to operate in that scripture. Okay, this is very important. Genesis 12, these are important because if you learn these commands, you'll be able to operate very well with that Genesis 12, 2 through 3. The original characteristics of the heart. This is something that we actually tend to, tend to not really pay attention to, and we tend to minimize. You know, the Bible talks a lot about forgiveness. It talks a lot about love. It talks a lot about caring for others. It talks a lot about giving. But we, we as people, do you guys see that a lot nowadays? Yeah. Not really. Not really. You can turn on the news and see. You can go to your neighbors. There's, it's all over the place. And it's a prime example of how the human heart really is functioning nowadays. The original characteristics of the heart, this is why it's asked of you, because these are characteristics are already pointed out to you within the Bible. 
the original part of the heart is built for spiritual gifting. It's built to point towards the Lord. He didn't, he didn't build you to actually go, you know, go elsewhere. He built you in order for you to be able to receive his spiritual gifting in his promises. Now, we think about a lot of anxiety. How many people can, uh, can relate to anxiety? Think about it. Is the, is the heart meant to be anxious all the time? No, not at all. Well, when the heart doesn't know what to do, it's constantly anxious. No matter if it's in this, you're in a business or whatever, you're still trying to manage your own life. That creates anxiety for your heart. It's pumping way too fast. It's doing too much. <clears throat> it's built to respond to the Lord's commands. When the Lord says yes, it's meant to move. When the Lord says no, the Lord, it, it means no. So that's, and, that, and how do I know that? In the beginning in Genesis, he said, whatever you do, you can have all this, but just don't touch that tree. It's meant to actually hear that command and follow through with that. And the proof is, once they were disobedient, then everything fell. Obedience. It's meant to be obedient. How do I know? If, I, if we went outside right now, got in the car, and we're driving down the street, and there was a red light, and I just said, you know what? Let's go through it. Come on, let's go. Now, we would go, we would go right through it, but what would you do? You look to the left, look to the right, look through your rear view. Why? Because you're looking for cops to make sure you got away with it. Okay? I'm not suggesting that anybody go do that. <laughs> what I'm telling you is this part right here, trying to check everything, is your reaction to disobedience. You're having to look over your shoulder all the time. But when you're obedient, it's used to relaxing. Why well, just stop? I did what I was supposed to do. It's an obedience thing. We're all used to being obedient. It's used to responding to faith. Your flesh can only respond to sight, but your heart only responds to faith. Love the Father. Okay, when it's alienated from God, it's a very lonely life. You can think about every depression. You can think about any of that, anything of that nature. It's because there's a lack of love for the Father. Something is missing there. The relationship is not bound. <clears throat> Instead of business, your heart's not built to focus on business. It's actually, it's actually meant to be mission-focused. What's the mission for my heart? Where am I supposed to go with this? Because it follows God's promises. So this is part of the business. So in your mission, there is still a business that happens within there. And I think that's where people have that limiting beliefs on God is that just because you're following God doesn't mean that you're not going to operate in business. You're operating in a business that's pointed towards the Lord. We'll receive it, the, this heart right here. <clears throat> it learns, it knows how to receive. And it only knows how to act on seeds of truth. So if it's true, the heart, and it lines up with the Bible, the heart will move and will be happy about the next movement. It's a, it's a good receiving heart because, again, your spiritual gifting. And ultimately, this heart, this scripture requires a pure heart. And that only, your, only repentance can actually settle that pure heart. 1 Corinthians 12, 8-10 reads, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Someone else may be especially good at studying and teaching. 
And this, in, this is his gift from the same spirit. He gives special faith to another and someone else the power to heal the sick. He gives power for doing miracles to some and to others power to prophecy and, and preach. He gives someone else the power to know whether the evil spirits are speaking through those who claim to be giving God's messages or whether it is really the spirit of God who is speaking. Still another person is able to speak in languages he never learned and others who do not know the language either are given power to understand what he is saying. The scriptures align for that heart. There's a spiritual gift that we're all searching for. And in that gifting is where that blessing and that's where that scripture lands. Matthew 13, 8 reads, And others fell on the good soil and yield a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And this is the parable of the sower. And what this means is that this pure heart, when we're talking about receiving, whatever spiritual gift that the Lord is trying to bless you with, it needs a heart where you have a good soil, where it actually, when the Lord says yes, you actually prompt and that it actually manifests from your pure heart. And when you start to manifest from the pure heart, you can guarantee that it's a blessing. Now, part of the scripture reads that if you're going to be a blessing to others, right? I will make you a blessing to others. Phase one, cleansing out the idols. Whatever idols are there within, and as we discussed earlier, whatever idols, whatever thing is controlling your life and operating through your flesh, <clears throat> the Lord is going to deal with those fig leaves. He's going to deal with those first and foremost. Phase two, in this, in this repentance, this journey back to that scripture the right way, the restoration of sight, John 9, 6. Why, why, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This is Jesus talking. When Jesus had said this, he spat on the ground, made some mud, and applied it to the man's eyes. And after that, after that application, the man was able to see. You need to be able to see life from a spiritual perspective. And from that spiritual perspective, can you now see everything different than what you did before? From when you're flesh, you're walking around blind, and all your decisions were from a blind point of view. 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now remember, in this process, the enemy is after us all day, every single day. So in, during this process of repentance, I want you guys to really understand something. There's a walk that the enemy is walking with you. But anytime you actually start to choose to repent, something happens with that relationship. Okay, something happens to that enemy's hand because what happens is it's like, why aren't you walking? That's why the enemy wants you to manifest so much so quick so that way you, don't, you can't get that slap on the hand. The slap on the hand represents repentance. It's actually you making, you know what, I, I actually I want to start walking back. Because this lifestyle, it just feels bad. You guys know how it is. Now, Luke 18, 22, sell everything you own and come, come follow me. I'm paraphrasing the course, but you, if you guys read that scripture, that's the Lord saying, drop everything that you're doing and come follow me. Are you willing to do that? This is part of the repentance process. This is part of that circumcision from, from the heart. Circumcising the heart. During this process, these are going to be a lot of tests that happen in between this time to see what you're willing to do. Because again, the Lord is really trying to regain trust 
to, through you to see if I can get, send you to Genesis 12, 2 through 3. <clears throat> now, he's going to tell you, they will hate you because of me. Are you willing to keep on going down this direction? Will you deny me? In your daily meetings that you have, will you tell, the, tell them what the Lord has done for, you, done for you and that he's healing you and that you're operating for him, and that you're living by faith? Are you willing to do that regardless of the people's um, reactions to you? In this place, once you get to a place right here, you'll be reconciled to Christ. And of course, I'm fast forwarding all this, but this is when they put the armor of God on you. The armor of God, as you know, is the breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the belt of absolute truth, the sword of the spirit, feet protected by the gospel. So that way all your actions are pointing towards this direction. Now, there's going to be a place in here. I want to go ahead and share this with you. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live, shall not live alone or on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike the foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you would just bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. The reason why I wanted to actually share all that with you is you're going to, you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tested to make sure that you're not going to go backwards, to take your authority again and start walking back, because you're about to be, with that, with that scripture, you're about to be focused on all of God's people. These are all of God's children, no matter what. And you have to make sure that you're tested, make sure your authority is, make sure that you're operating through your authority. Right here, you're operating through your flesh. And once you actually realize what your true authority is, you need to have that experience as Jesus did with him is operating your authority and be able to say from the scriptures what you're standing on. I want to make sure everybody understands that this is a, this is a big deal. This is about your this is always, executive talk is always about your business, but it's also about your spiritual life. It's about your journey. And we got to make sure that your heart is pointing in the right direction. Make sure your business is going the right direction. We came in the world with nothing. We leave this world with nothing. We, there's only going to be a decision on, on our hearts. Every, every last person has to give account for all the good and evil that they, that, that, that they did. So we need to make sure that your business and make sure your heart is all pointing north and make sure that the Lord is approved of everything that you're doing. And that's the most important value. So that way, while you're making money, that way, that way, while Genesis 12, two through three is working in your life, you feel extremely excited and feeling extremely confident that you're doing the right thing. 
I want to make sure that you guys continue to follow the um, show. We'll be on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and Pinterest. But in the meantime, we actually have to go back to work. You guys have a good day.